This gospel is very challenging, don't you think? Anybody here a worrywart? Anybody want to admit to being a worrywart? I got it from my mother. <laughs> we, this sounds like a cliche. We actually were on a driving vacation. We had to turn around because after 45 minutes of driving because she was worried she left the iron on. You know, anyway, that's... If worrying is a sin, I'm going to be in purgatory to the end of the world because one... We have to see what God is talking about here. Um, when I worked for um, American Airlines, they had two things they really stressed. One was the on-time performance of the airplanes, which is very important. Uh, and the other was for the employees to be on time. Uh, they didn't take any excuses for being late. And being in Los Angeles, you know, some of us came from a long distance. You've got a lot of freeways to travel. In some cases, you know, if you're going up to the Portland airport, you allow more than an hour. Strictly speaking, you can get there in 45 minutes if you're going a little fast. But we all allow extra time, don't we? So most of us would go to work and get there early so that we would be prepared for any contingency. And uh, I had almost perfect attendance record in spite of the constant laryngitis I was getting even then uh, when I had that problem. But well, I had a solution. I had a problem. That I, it, my previous vehicle had been a Vega and it was always breaking down, and so I was a little paranoid that uh, my battery would go dead or the car wouldn't start, and what would I do? You know, three, three lights and you're out. That's the way the company was. So I was worried that my car wouldn't start one day. So what did I do to, to, to mitigate that worry? What do you think I did? Hmm? Another what? I bought another, I had another car. You're right, I had two cars. Doesn't everybody in LA have two cars? It's only one of me, I had two cars. I had a new car, and then I had this car from my mother that was, that was a 5,000 pound Malibu, uh, 10 miles per gallon city, 12 highway. <laughs> Love that car. It, I didn't bring it to Oregon because it cost $1,000 to drive it up here on the freeway. So what, I mention this because I, I would look out the window and see that Malibu parked in front of the house, the other one's in the garage, and I said, you know, I'm secure. No matter what happens, one of these cars will work. It was just one of my things. So one day I went out to my car, forget which one it was. I usually drove the older one, actually, I liked it better. Uh, turned the key, battery's dead. And praise God, you know, I worried about this, but I've got a plan. What do you think happened? <laughs> See, you all know the end of this story, don't you? I went out to the other car, and I heard a clicking sound. Anybody know what that means? <laughs> I said, I said, I said, well, never mind what I said, I had to go to confession. Uh, so I don't know how I got out of that. I didn't get a late. I don't remember how I got to work. But, but no matter how much we worry or plan, there's nothing wrong with planning ahead. You go on a, on a trip, you worry about clothes, taking the right stuff in a small suitcase. We think about retirement. We think about funding our kids' education. We think about the next paycheck. The Lord knows that we need these things. But we, we do make contingencies. We do plan ahead. But how often what we plan is not what happens. We can't really see the future. We can only try. Only God knows what we really need. And the future he's looking at is heaven. And so he's preparing us for the world that will never end. And we're looking at this world. He says, don't focus so much on money. It's an illusion. 
You think it makes you secure, and it doesn't. It could be a false god. I'm the one that makes you secure. This doesn't, isn't enough. Otherwise, it's like having a car in front of the house, thinking you're secure, and the one time you go to use it, it's got a dead battery. It was a spiritual experience. Um, the Lord tells us not to worry. I, had, I, I was putting my pastor column together. I realized there was so, many, so much material because I thought about the subject so much. I love this quote from Mark Twain. I, he is said to have said this. He said, I've had many, many troubles in my life. And a few of them actually happened. <laughs> so, what does our Lord want us to do? How are we to live? He says, here's a spiritual principle to live by. Seek first my kingdom and my things, and I will take care of the rest. What do we usually do? Lord, I will pray to you, but the Academy Awards are on, so if I have time and I'm still awake, 1130, I'll say a few prayers to you, but, but it's just this one time. Or, Lord, I'm not going uh, to pray because I don't feel like it. Or, I'm not going to spend time with my family. Um, I'd rather do this. Or, I'm not going to tithe my money or my time. I'll give you the leftovers. When we do this, there's a systematic thing throughout our whole lives. Then, if God is not first, then what is? And Lent coming up is a good time to think about what's first in my life. Do I have something that's out of balance? Is there something that, in which God is not first? If we follow that spiritual principle, the Lord will begin to pack our suitcases. He says in other readings, don't take too much clothes with you on a journey. God is anticipating for us. We can't possibly know what's coming. We think we're prepared, but we don't know what's going to happen. It's like building a church. You know, we plan for every contingency. But it's God that that fills the church. Only he can send his Holy Spirit. All we can do is provide the shell. We do the best we can to glorify God with how we dress and how we built the church. But it's God that did the rest. And he has to fill us. Uh, the Lord sees what we need even before we ask. Um, I, the thing about this reading, I, one, I was trying to think about what I worried about in 2012. I say that because I had a whole list of things that I was working on some of which was this church, we were planning it, do we want to do this, a lot of worries the year before we began building it, and I, other things, different health issues, you know. And the thing I didn't see, and didn't plan for, and did not prepare for, and could not prepare for, is my sister died at 52. I thought she'd outlive me. Any of you have you've had this, haven't you, in your family? And suddenly, you realize, I didn't know what was coming, and I wasn't ready. But God knows. He knows what's coming. That's why he says, let me be your guide. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. We get more and more sensitive to what God wants. And when God begins to lead us, the thing that's very scary about this is as we advance in the spiritual life, he gives less and less of it, less and less before it happens, and more and more when we need it. We want to have a big bank account just in case. He wants us to live in the moment. So we tend to back off and say, Lord, I trust you, but, but I'm going to have this on the side in case you don't come through. Well, that's fine, except that where we're going, this won't work. There's a, a wonderful saint in, uh, in Montreal, Blessed Andre Bisset. 
and he's the saint of St. Joseph's Oratory there. When he was applying for religious life, they considered him to be such an unfit candidate, they wouldn't let him in. And when they finally did let him in, they made him a lay brother, not a full choir brother. He, they didn't think he was intelligent enough. So they gave him an assignment to greet people at the door of the, of the monastery. He received permission to pray with them when they came with their needs, and people began to be healed. And you go there today, and there's a whole room full of crutches and things that people that had prayed with Blessed Andre. And he was a man of few words. You could compile everything he said in about 70 pages that was remembered. But the one I liked the best, a man, the very simple, he, he couldn't prepare because he didn't have the mental capacity to do this. But he said, people worry for nothing. God will provide for you at the proper time and the proper place. People worry for nothing. And God, the Lord says here, people worry about the wrong things. We are concerned about everything except what is most important. What does he say? Don't be like the pagans that seek security in places where you'll never find it. Instead, he says, your heavenly father knows what you need because he sees us in the future. Seek my kingdom first and my righteousness and I will give you all these things besides. It doesn't mean we'll stop worrying about the iron that's left on in the back or uh, it doesn't mean we can't plan for having a dead battery but the fact is we don't know what we need but the Lord does. So as as we go through life and we see how God looking back at our lives, how much God has taken care of us, how much he wanted for us, we learn to trust him more and more to seek his kingdom and his righteousness that he will give us all that we need.